0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Michter's Distillery. Visit michters.com to find out how their taste is everything, cost be damned attitude is creating some of the finest whiskeys available.
2: And welcome to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. So happy to have the one, the only, Harto, Hannah Hart of My Drunk Kitchen here today.
3: Hello. And with that, <laughs> a you cheers. You like that? You like that little hug? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. a cheers.
2: It wouldn't make sense not to drink while doing it. Oh, that you know those people that make the sound effects? Foley Dude, artists. Yes.
3: Yeah, I just did. You guys couldn't see it, but I just did a little Foley art of bringing both our bottles close to the mic so you guys could partake in our cheers together. Cheers to cheers. you, Michael. Thanks yeah. for having me. Duke
2: of pizza and Foley artist. Yeah,
3: Duke of pizza, Foley artist, and um, amateur professional.
2: I like how that silence was actually brought to you by real beer.
3: Ooh, Isn't it delicious? Oh, no. <laughs> this is so good. I'm so happy. It, it
2: is my drink of the summer. My wife is from Michigan and we always drink Bell's Oberon from, you know, Memorial Labor Day as much as we can. Where are you from? I'm from in and about New York, Westchester to okay. those who actually are New Yorkers and New York from those that aren't.
3: So what was your what was your beer of choice before your wife introduced you to this beautiful, I wonderful I felt like this was going to turn into
2: an interview upon me. Um, like that's,
3: always, that's, that's, my, that's my strategy, man. Yeah. I just like to get to know people. Absolutely.
2: Well, I, I love IPAs. Um, and actually, Bell's Two-Hearted was one of my favorite IPAs. But again, that was introduced to my wife. Most of my good drinks... Mm-hmm are due to my wife. Oh, Prior to that, swag. I mean, just terrible, <laughs> terrible PBR. stuff. Oh, yeah. I still drink a good tall boy every once in a while. Oh, there you go. See, I asked you at the top of the show, too, you know, wh- what informs what drink you want to have? Is it, is it an emotional response? Is it a food, a seasonal thing? Right now, what do you feel like drinking?
3: At this exact moment, um, I actually think that a crisp and refreshing summer ale is exactly what i wanted and i didn't even know it break your mind yeah you really did because you know for those of you who aren't um currently in uh in bushwick right now where we are uh it's humid and it might have rain later but it's very much that still that lazy summer feeling and so a beer like this it wakes you up while cooling you down absolutely i call it hammock beer it's totally havoc there yeah. you're totally
2: right i try i try oh, i do man. my best well thank you so much for being on again um we have a lot of people at this station who are just complete addicts of yours my drunk kitchen is what
3: like, where are they why they, are they oh, like banging, banging at the glass believe me
2: they're coming over <laughs> i think they're listening in the offices right now oh I just, cool i'm holding them at bay for right now because um. i didn't want to get shots involved too early in the oh bed. jesus
3: i haven't <laughs> I am uh, For those of you that don't know, I uh, let me let me describe myself. I am five foot three and a half, uh, five foot four on a good day where my posture is great and under one hundred twenty pounds. So I'm a good time right away. Yeah, you never know.
2: My wife's a five two, foot two gamer and can drink me under the table with whiskey. Really? Oh, absolutely.
3: I bet it's concentration. It's focus. Center of
2: gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. But it's it's it, the size of her liver. Yeah, yeah. Stanley is superhuman. It's, it's that. I don't know. She just gives you those eyes and you're done. I hope I get to meet this five yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if, if you do, get ready to drink. But <laughs> if, you're not all about the libations. What, what's wonderful is, you know, with my Drunk Kitchen, it's also about the food and the, the friendships that happen both on air and off air through it. And I kind of want to start at your pre-drinking age, you mm-hmm. know, where you were born, raised, mm-hmm. what you ate, cooked, and whether or not food and drink were a big part of your life.
3: Well, to be completely honest, um, and I get a little bit into this in uh My Drunk Kitchen, a guide to eating, drinking, and going with your gut in source everywhere today. That's my book. Um, <laughs> in part one of my book, is a section called Kitchen Basics, which actually talks about um my personal Ooh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Reference. Oh. Uh fully art. Right, wait, hold on, guys. <laughs> that's me that's me slapping this I'm slapping the book. Um, so uh basically uh my relationship to food as a child was one of want. Um, we grew up with a a little money, um, And so I kind of always saw food as this kind of amazing and incredible thing. And when you're kind of in a family that's kind of like struggling to get by, when you do have a good meal all together, and like, it's got to be a special occasion, like, you know, Christmas dinner, Chinese buffet kind of feeling, you know, where you're just like, this is exquisite. This is so exciting. This is so wonderful. Um, So I've... I guess I've always just really appreciated food, you know? Um, food gets me, like, really emotional, too. Like, if I'm if I'm having a meal, I'll just be like, I'm so happy right now. Or you look at something, and you're like, this is a masterpiece. Like, think about, we eat like kings. Think about all the different parts of the world, possibly, it took to make this meal happen. And we're just sitting here, and we're just eating it. Like, let's, let's not get stressed out. Let's just enjoy. Um, so I guess, yeah, so that's my relationship to food, really. It's just one of, like... Appreciation, I yeah. hope.
2: It's always seemed like a sense of community, too, having read through your book. You know, there, there were times where lunch was an odd situation, but exciting situation for you, because at first, you know, you, you were the one bringing the, the unwanted, the non-tradable items.
3: Yeah, right, of my own hunger. <laughs> um, so what he's what he's referring to, uh, for those of you who may not have yet read the uh, soon-to-be award-winning book, uh, My Drug Kitchen, a guy to I'll eat and, it drink an and drink. i an award right great.
2: now if you want it to be an award. <gasps> oh, yes, please. You have just won the Heritage Radio Network Book yes! Award of the day. Woo!
3: Oh, you guys, you can't hear. Everybody's going crazy (laughs) out here. Am I right? Tommy, calm down. Um, So, uh, um, but, uh, oh, yeah. So in the beginning of the book, I talk about this game I used to play called Will She Eat It, which was a game um, where if I didn't have a lunch that day, I would go and I kind of go around to different groups of people and play this game where they I would take bits of their like unwanted materials like Fig Newtons and like, you know, whatever, whatever weird thing in a lunchable people didn't want, whatever. And I put it together and the game would be called, will she eat it? Um, And then I'd eat it. And that was a great way to kind of like totally mooch without being so obvious. Yeah, but ingratiate yourself
2: in some way. Um,
3: yeah, it's performance yeah, art. Yeah, you know, are giving back. Yeah, absolutely. And you know,
2: I'm not using this word as, as a bad word, but your shtick, which is wonderful, shtick um, is a beautiful yeah, word. But your shtick has has a sense of um, it's it's so genuine. You oh. know, you know, it's, a lot of the time when you see a stand up comedian, an actor, or someone kind of be panned. Um, you're not that at all. You're, you are the antithesis to that.
3: I wonder if it's like the nature of like the type of entertainment that I do. You know, YouTube is like this up and coming model um, of like, you know, digital entertainment or online personality or whatever, whatever name somebody has decided to assign to my livelihood. Um, you, you really don't have that fourth wall that puts up that guard or that character between you. I'm not an actress, right? And I'm not a stand up comedian, you know. I'm a I'm an editor and I'm a writer and I'm a director and I'm creating and producing all these little pieces of entertainment all the time. And so I can't help but be a real person because I am a real person. You know? And it's interesting because we see entertainment as this vessel um where we like really deify celebrities or they're like this untouchable perfect thing or it's always a pleasant surprise when a when a celebrity is actually interesting to listen to um or nice even um not that i'm interesting (laughs) you know or nice i don't even know Ah. um but anyway yeah the the funny thing about youtube is that my shtick it is a shtick because obviously you want to ham it up but it's not a shtick because i'm never afraid to be myself and voice my honest opinions so yeah
2: yeah no it absolutely comes through so cheers to you on that because i know another another cheers (laughs) <laughs> oh damn. That, yeah. Plastic cup <laughs> just that foiled, work? you. <laughs> Starting this w- was happenstance. It was felicitous. It was it was a bottle of wine and a grilled cheese and cat sitting. Tell me about that that so- night.
3: So my Drunk Kitchen um, episode one was uh, an interesting, an interesting moment. Um, I had just moved from San Francisco to New York. I was a translator working part time nights and weekends as a proofreader for, you know, corporate documents of like German patent law and like all this really, really white collar mining for errors and stacks and stacks of paper. Um, And so my sister, who lives in D.C., Uh, was going out of town and asked me to come and cat sit for her in her little like dingy basement apartment and I was like of course I love cats duh Uh, so I went and I was talking on Gchat with my friend who lived in San Francisco and I have to say that if it wasn't for my sister buying me a laptop with a webcam my life would not have changed so radically like my sister was very generous and I'd had the same computer for years and years and years, like Toshiba, you know how it is. And it was just falling apart. She's like, I'm gonna I've I've got a good job, let me get you a new computer. And so it was her act of actually like graciousness, I and guess. This is Naomi. Yeah, that's my, yeah, that's my older sister. Well done, sir. Well,
2: I, you, you she's paid, it, well, you've paid it back onto her by having that, that bunt cake episode that oh I just Oh my God, thirty one year old? Oh Lord. After yeah.
3: 30, 31's coming for yeah. you. Yeah, right? has she, has
2: she watched that since?
3: Oh, are you kidding me? She yep. asked me to tweet it like six times. She, she was like, <laughs> She was like, can you just, like, at me on Twitter? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's an amazing. If I was ever on an episode with you, and this is not me asking, the reason I do radio is to never be in that situation. It's a weird situation, <laughs> man. I would be not embarrassed, per se, but so, so sensitive to the fact that that just happened. And I probably wouldn't have remembered with the amount it <laughs> you seemingly drank during that episode. She
3: drank. She got She got a little blasted. Um, the wonderful thing about being the the owner of your brand and your business is that I can have my big sister on for her birthday and it doesn't matter to anybody but me. You know what I mean? Like there's no executive level I have to check in with. It is kind of weird though. Sometimes like I'll need a clip like talent Hannah will get yelled at by director Hannah who's got editor Hannah on her back you know being like oh why didn't you just shut the drawer? Shut the drawer! (laughs) You know like that sort of thing. Um, But anyway going all the way back so basically I was talking on Gchat with a friend of mine who was going through a depression um, and I was like, she was like, I miss you, you know, like I miss when you would like get drunk and cook for me. And I was like, dude, I'll make you like a drunk cooking show right now. And it was fun. It was just so easy and so fun. I opened up iMovie and I just hammed it up and then I cut it together and I posted it on YouTube and sent it to her. But YouTube in March of 2011 was an entirely different beast than it is today. Like I was surprised that the comment section existed, you know? It's like, you don't think, people are like, well, why, okay, if that's true, why didn't you make the video private? I'm like, why would I have made the video private? You know? I've gone back and renamed everything, put annotations in, da-da-da-da-da. But it's just, it's, I was really fortunate to kind of break into YouTube at that exact moment, because I think that those moments are few and far between now. Um, But that's an entirely different discussion.
2: (laughs) butter your shit the title butter your to, shit to that episode butter your shit over three million oh you're taking the fcc non-regulation thing oh yeah yeah butter ca- your shit I,
3: I just did an episode with jamie oliver and i dropped um which is crazy yeah. by the way <laughs> i mean sorry to say that so casually excuse me oh it was so awesome that was me That was joy that was joy um anyway i dropped an f-bomb in it and i sat there and i was like you know oh, should i take out when i say like fucking blah 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 and i was like nah. I really don't want to edit that in. It's like seven AM right now and I'm tired. Yeah.
2: Post. <laughs> that original episode, over three million hits within a few months. You have over, I think, one and a half million subscribers now. Did you ever see this phenomenon? When you when when you had episode one and you said, Oh, I like this, I'm gonna do episode two, did you ever foresee this happening?
3: I don't think so at all. Because again, I think that if I had, I would have been like Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday Subscribe also blah 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 Like I would have been better at it sooner Um But At the time in March 2011 I made another episode Because People were like can't wait for episode two And again it wasn't called My Drunk Kitchen episode one buddy Yo oh shit It was called My Drunk Kitchen With nothing in the description Nothing anywhere There was It was just a video Um so I was leaving actually to go on a on a trip that I had been planning with some friends and I shot episode two in her dorm room and I just really enjoyed it. And I mean, you know, I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't always a part of me that had this like daydream fantasy of being somebody in entertainment. But entertainment never really seemed like a viable option. It seemed totally impractical. It's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go out there and like put myself through all that disappointment, all that judgment, all that criticism to try and be I don't even know, a cog in a wheel of a giant system? No, that doesn't seem good. But I do like making people laugh, and I do like talking to people. Um, And YouTube, blessedly, was that open door.
2: It gave people a space to kind of explore whatever they wanted. Yeah. It's...
3: It's kind of like pen and paper, right? So like when back when they invented pen and paper, everybody was using pen and paper for different things and not everybody was using pen and paper to like write a book or write a newspaper or do something like that. I think that what's so awesome about YouTube is that you don't you can make videos for your friends still like you can do what you want online and post it. And it doesn't have to be for the goal of gaining a million subscribers. It really doesn't. And I hope that people don't lose sight of that now that it's kind of become more more mainstream.
2: Well, on that we're going to take a quick break and talk about my drunk kitchen the cookbook when we return you've been listening to the food scene on heritage radio network.org we'll be right back
1: Michter's Whiskey is a proud sponsor of HeritageRadioNetwork.org. At Michter's, our passion is making the finest whiskeys possible. When you only make small batch and single barrel whiskeys like Michter's does, your whiskey has to be perfect. No detail is too small, from careful attention to the wood used in the construction of our barrels, to lower barrel entry proof before heat cycled aging in advance of exacting chill filtration. And no whiskey gets bottled until Michter's master distiller says it's just right. Michter's cost be tastes taste-is-everything attitude is apparent in every sip of its smooth, rich whiskeys. Is it worth it? A lot of spirits lovers seem to think so. Food & Wine magazine called Michter's the best American whiskey. Bon Appetit said, it's amazing. And the Wall Street Journal had one special word for Michter's. Phenomenal. For more information, visit michter's.com, or simply visit your favorite bartender or retailer and ask for Michter's. Hey,
2: and welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host Michael Harlan Turkel here today with Hannah Hart of My Drunk Kitchen. As keep on eating, Is that I, okay? I don't, yeah, okay. absolutely.
3: I don't know if you guys know this. I mean, I assume you do because you're all dedicated and you know obsessive fans of Heritage Radio. But it's in a restaurant, and I'm looking through a window watching people eat, and I'm going to eat myself as well
2: inside the fish bowl.
3: I love fish. <laughs> I never thought being a fish would be so great.
2: It's fantastic. You get to see that castle every turn. Mm. You're like, oh, a castle. Then you forget about another castle.
3: I have so many questions about this space and how this got started, but I'm sure that you probably get asked that every time you Yeah, we'll guess. give you a
2: tour afterwards, or you can go to heritageradionetwork.org and find out all about it. All and right. thank you, Roberta's Pizza, for housing us, etc. But yes... I'll tell you all about this fantastical space that I get to come to every Tuesday. Wonderful. But more about you, because every Thursday you put up this video, My Drunk Kitchen, have all these people clamor about it, so excited for it to happen, and now it's all in a cookbook. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that was going to happen?
3: Um, I think that I always hoped I would get to write a book, like... You know, when My Drunk Kitchen happened, and I always say, like, I always say it in the passive. You know, I never say, like, when I did My Drunk Kitchen or when I launched blah, blah, blah. No, it's always like, when well, My Drunk Kitchen occurred suddenly. Um, I always hoped that one day I would be able to publish a book. So for me, this moment is kind of a culmination of a lifelong dream. You know, I was like, you know, it's like, you know it's, it's like I grew up reading books And I always wanted to be a writer or an author, and now I have a published book, and I feel really fortunate because I think a lot of people have that daydream, you know? And then my life is that daydream right now. And it's kind of crazy. Like, I I just, I just, I'm kind of in shock. I just really can't believe it's happening. And today's publishing day. Today's the day that, like, it's available for the first time. Like, in theory, you could walk into a store and buy it, but I don't know which stores are where, Um, but I should find that out. But... All stores? <laughs> all bookstores all across America. Um, so I haven't gone to a bookstore yet. Like, I want to walk into a bookstore today and find my book and then burst into tears. I don't even know. Yeah, and yeah. your
2: face is on it. Stand next to it and see if people notice.
3: It is on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny you mentioned that because I really didn't want my face on it. I um, I wanted it to be a... You know, non-gendered, you know, not like you look at it and there's me and I'm a little white girl like on the cover of this book. And I was like, no, I mean, like, I don't want anybody to be deterred by it. Like, I think that the pictures that we took are really, really great. And the book is totally homegrown. Like, every word is written by me. Every picture is taken by me and my friend who's a photographer. All the food is styled by us. All the dishes we did after we shot the book, you know? Um. So anyway, long story short, I didn't really want my face on it because I wanted Nobody to go in with a bias, um, but meh, that didn't happen. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, you know, after someone picks up the book, you know, not judging it by its cover, there's very little bias. With, as we're all burping off air, all burping <laughs> off air, right? Uh. Um, there's very little bias after after you actually read um, the book. You know, from from the recipes, which are all fun, delightful, um, and quirky, but more so those life lessons, which Aww. you know, th- there's some depth to this book that you wouldn't expect at first.
3: That's the trick, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the, you found it. That's the trick of all of my drunk kitchen. It's like if, when people ask me like, what is it all? What is my drunk kitchen all about? Um, and then I'll describe for you guys what he's referring to in terms of the structure of the book itself. Um, but first my drunk kitchen is like this when you're at a bar and it's 1am And a drunk friend of yours or a drunk stranger is like, you can do it, man. Just quit your job, dude. You believe them. You know, you feel it because you feel like they're being honest with you. And so like My Drunk Kitchen, I like to think of it as kind of this like self-help parody show because you have the vulnerability of this, you know, this like asshole person who's not pretentious because they're obviously getting drunk, but they're just telling you things that are like maybe uplifting and positive and things that maybe you want to hear Or at least a way to vent. If I was totally sober and I was a cook, like I was hosting a cooking show and being like, don't forget, call your dad. (laughs) People would hate it. I would hate (laughs) it. I'd be like, fuck (laughs) you. But it's about like, it's about those imperfections that are like, look, I'm totally flawed. I'm drinking right now, which is not a flaw, by the way. I'm everything in moderation. Uh, And I'm going to mess up this recipe, but I'm going to fail. And that's OK, because at least I succeeded at trying, you know, And, and that's what my drunk kitchen feels like to me. So when writing the book, um, the structure of it is structured into four parts. Part one is Kitchen Basics. Part two is adolescence, which is about that period of time from your 20s through your 60s uh, where you're trying to figure out what it really means to be an adult. Uh, and then part three is Love, Sex, and Dating. And part four is Family Slash Holidays because I had a hard time writing about either, so I put them into one section. <laughs> I was like, sure, uh, relationships, uh, family, uh. Um, and then the actual, so each part, sorry guys, let me do this again. So each part opens with an essay, like a narrative comedy style essay, and then it goes into the recipes. So you can read the book like a narrative thread. You can read the book cover to cover and it will make sense. Um, but you can also flip to a random page and then you get, uh, an esoteric quote to start it off, uh, guides through a recipe with some funny anecdotes and then a life lesson at the end. Um, and I'm just really happy with it
2: yeah uh, no, it's it like you said, you can flip to any page and be entertained. Kind of like going to any episode of My Drunk Kitchen. Even though if, if you watch all of them As or well you, you should. Yeah, I be- I, I almost have watched every single one after only starting watching them about two and a half weeks ago. No
3: way. Oh yeah.
2: It's just it, I'm not I'm not insulting you by saying it's like background noise, but it's on. Like it was just on all the time. <laughs> and at some points, like when you did that almost signature hello at the beginning of this episode, I'm like I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. I know I've heard that before somewhere. Mm -hmm. But you you grow to know the characters. And I'm not saying that you are a character. No, I totally get it. But you grow to know these people and you become that much more invested as you do in the book.
3: If I didn't think there was a healthy separation between the me and my body and the me that I am when I'm like being in front of somebody else, like I would be a crazy person. Of course, like it's a little like played up and it's a little like, hey, this is me. But it's it's it's. It's the in the same way that my voice is my voice and when you're talking to a crowd you speak a little louder does that mean it's not your voice no does oh, it mean it's not you no I've
2: radio voice I've been yeah. told like I, the second I get out of here I, I stutter and mispronounce things and <laughs> f- you know fall all, all over my r's but on radio for some reason there's this persona but it's not separate of who I am
3: Exactly it's still it's still you Um so yeah with my drunk kitchen if you watch it from episode 1 to episode I think I'm actually on episode 94 Ooh, awesome uh you Get more involved in any niche, like any niche genre, or any niche fandom. You know, the more you watch, the more you know, the more actively engaged in the narrative thread of the community itself, um, the more you'll get out of it. And that's something I'm really happy with.
2: Before we talk about that community, because that word is very important to you, as well as those collaborators you work with, I want to touch on some of the recipes in the book. Um, And you talk about esoteric (laughs) quotes, and one of my favorites was... It feels like burning. Mm-hmm. Ralph Ralphie. Wickham. I mean, I was such a Simpsons and still oh, am yeah. fan. And that that just had me like laughing it out loud on the like train burning. ride over. Yeah, amazing. But that <laughs> recipe is literally pretzel sticks thrown in a bag almost like Chex Mix style. Like mm-hmm. full long pretzel sticks mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of like hot chili powder and other stuff on there. That's true. And then you take it out and your fingers get covered like you're eating Cheetos.
3: And you put them in your eyes and then... Woof, well the recipe is called hot rods. Um and uh yeah, I uh it, it, it's a good snack. It's funny because like some of the recipes turned out. Some of them didn't. It's a fun
2: choose your own adventure <laughs> game to find out which is which. So which one were you most surprised about?
3: People really seem to love pizza cake. People really seem to be excited about pizza I cake. I love
2: the concept of pizza cake.
3: And it's good. I mean we ate it after yeah. <laughs> like that was like right before I was like you know, we God bless Robin Romer. That's why I dedicated like a big page in the back to her because she's one of my best friends and she's an incredibly talented photographer. I mean, she shot Gaga, Janelle Monet, like all these incredible like Vogue, blah, 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 like all this like fancy stuff. Um, and then she came and worked her butt off with me because I only had three days to shoot. And I was like, we're going to destroy my house right now. And let's do it. Anyway, so pizza cake was what we made right before lunch. And basically, for those of you who are still debating about whether or not to buy the book, hannahart.com slash book. You can pre order it. It's great. Um, You can. uh, Pizza cake is essentially taking uh, small personal pizzas, uh, preferably ones like the um, ones that don't have as thick a crust as like a a thick crust pizza, baking them and then layering them one uh, one on top of the other and then slicing them as if it were a cake. And it's delicious. Genius. And it's also a pun.
2: You love puns, like I love puns, because
3: piece of cake is a piece of cake.
2: Yeah, in a, in a sense, the food scene I know isn't a pun because I'm terrible at semiotics and parts <laughs> of language. But I always have to explain the food scene is S E E N, as in it's it's a visual show on radio. Yeah but what?
3: <laughs> derp derp. that's the dj noise yeah. right there like dj oh yeah. remix.
2: oh believe me i live in a part in brooklyn where it's a lot of puerto ricans and i know every song on la Kaya. so like i have this internal <laughs> rhythm which is like that's an awesome internal
3: rhythm yeah my internal rhythm is much more like boop, <laughs> boop, bo-do, bo-do, bo-do. panic <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well with with that panic at least there's an curry mint
3: curry encouragement yeah that Mm -hmm. was a
2: hard one for me Mm -hmm. to pronounce but tell me about that
3: well thank you for asking encouragement curry is um basically uh about self-motivation and kind of encouraging yourself to i guess keep going um let me see what's the quote in front of encouragement curry um, so for those of you that don't know, uh, the each recipe comes with its own handy-dandy quote taken from my book of favorite quotes. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Encouragement Curry. The quote it opens with, All we have to do is to decide what to do with the time that is given to us. J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> Beautiful. So basically, um, Encouragement Curry kind of just talks about... Uh, putting a kick back in your step when, thank you, um, when you've maybe run out of motivation. Let's say everything's going well. You know, let's say that you are doing the thing you thought you wanted to do and you've kind of gotten used to that routine of like, wow, this is is me. I've leveled up to this point. Um, How do you, A, continue to do more and better and B, continue to self-motivate when seemingly you've achieved what you were working towards? Like publishing your first book when you thought, Maybe I'll never get a chance to publish a book. And then you did. And then everybody asks you what's next all the time. And you're like, just give me like two seconds real quick. I'm just like <laughs> accomplishing a lifelong dream. Uh, just two seconds. <laughs> I mean, it's like with
2: every Thursday, I, I feel the same pressure of every Tuesday producing a show that's, you know, excites me in, in, in the same way. But how do you personally self-motivate for the next episode of My Drunk Kitchen?
3: I'm really bad at it. I mean, for the next episode of My Drunk Kitchen, it's really just like, so Harto, which is the name of the channel, is kind of expanded to be more than just My Drunk Kitchen. Like, My Drunk Kitchen is the Thursday show on this this channel of shows. Um, I also post content on Tuesdays, and then the occasional... you know, sketch or music video or, uh, you know, recently I posted one that says uh, how to ask if a girl is gay, um, which was just some fun improv that I cut together. Well,
2: my favorite part was which part of Chicago?
3: (laughs) (laughs) The gay community? Yeah. My favorite part part was, uh, what about later? What about earlier? I agree. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to do more stuff like that. That was so fun and so easy to shoot. I shoot My Drunk Kitchen for an hour and a half. And I spend about six hours editing it down to five or six minutes. That sketch right there, I did 10 minutes of improv and edited it down to two. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, Hannah, you've made a mistake. (laughs) This is much more difficult. Um, But anyway, back to your question about how do you self-motivate. I don't. I go to others. So I have an amazing, supportive, beautiful, inspiring community of heart fans whatever you want to call them I prefer to think of them as like people that I'm doing this for you know people think as youtubers were like or as online digital blah 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 you're self-employed effectively you run your own corporation you are your own boss there's no you know chairman of the board it's you every decision that you make is, is you but really I feel like if I had to have a boss it would be my community it would be my audience Um, they're the ones I'm working for. They're the ones I'm working towards. They're the ones who I want to give me a performance review at the end of the year. And so keeping that, I guess the dedicated and engaged amount that it's going to be is really important to me. Um, so anyway, I just, I just go on Tumblr, I go on Twitter and I just start interacting. And as a person who's kind of gregarious by nature, that helps me to motivate like, Oh yeah, I'm not just doing my drunk kitchen because I, you know, it's all about me I'm doing it because I'm like, what do you guys want me to talk about today? How are you? What's your day like? Tell me anything about anybody that's not me. You know?
2: There's that and the amazing collaborations you do with people like Grace Helbig, Memory Hart. Talk to me about
3: camp dakota camp dakota um oh man that was so fun so grace and Mamrie are um fellow youtubers uh grace helbig uh, formerly daily grace now it's grace Mamrie heart the phenomenally talented lived in new york for like eight years um sketch writing improvising good looking i mean mamory is like she's the real deal she's like the vaudeville. i mean she's just she's incredible um Anyway, so we met uh, at a YouTube convention called Playlist Live in Florida a couple years ago. And... Um, Grace and I became friends, uh, became friends first, and I was really inspired by them because Grace has an incredible work ethic. Like, I am always kind of floored by how much she can make herself do. She was posting five days a week um, and, you know, going out and auditioning and doing all this other stuff and then, you know, shooting movies and then going on tour with me and like blah, 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 blah like all this incredible stuff. And then Mamrie is just like, you know, the epitome of talent. She's really, really talented, you know? Um So anyway, uh, they've actually helped motivate me, too, in that way. Um, But to answer your question about collaborations in Camp Dakota, uh, the three of us were friends. And I started working with an agency called William Morris. um, And Grace started working with William Morris as well. And then we tried our hand at executive producing our first digital movie. Mamrie and um, Lydia, uh, a screenwriter, wrote the script. And then we shot it in about a month. And then we... It ran through post at the speed of light, and then we had it up uh, by Valentine's Day of this year. Yeah. Incredible. It was very different from YouTube. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I mean, so those collaborations and engaging the public, how did that lead you to Obama? I think that's the most ama- amazing thing <gasps> that, you know, we talked about you never believed I'll drink to My that. Drunk Kitchen was going to happen. You never thought a cookbook was going to happen and did. Did you ever thought you were going to be working with the president?
3: Lord, no. You know... The day after I met President Barack Obama, I, I was so like elated, depressed. Kind of in that weird existential way where you're like, holy shit, what else is there? I mean, that's it. (laughs) Like, that's it. You know, not only our president, but like a deeply significant president in the history of not our nation and this world. You know, I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, So basically how that came to be was uh, I was a supporter of the Affordable Care Act. Um, and I uh, covered California, which was the kind of like national healthcare arm of California, blah, blah, blah. Uh, asked me to host a live stream, and I did. It was like four hours of live teleprompted, blah, blah, that sort of thing. Um, and I've always been unafraid to engage um, people in discussion, um, which I know a lot of uh, celebrities are online personalities, blah, blah. blah. Don't like to talk about their views, which is fine. I like to, you know, express my views as my views, not as facts. These are my this is my opinion, um, and express facts as facts. And so, the um, office of public relations selected a group of influencers, and we went in, and we didn't know that we were going to meet the president. So here's a fun part: I got an email on Tuesday that was like, "Get your butt to DC by Thursday, uh, drop everything, buy your own ticket." Which I think is really important because I was like, wow, okay, cool. I'll buy my, okay, American government. Yeah, okay, I'll buy my, geez. Um We'll reimburse you during tax time. <laughs> yeah, no, not me. <laughs> it's a write-off. It's a write-off, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so they were like, get your butt here by Thursday. So I got on the phone with them. We talked about stuff and I asked. I was like, I obviously will go and perform my civic duty. But I just have a question, like, is there any chance we're going to get to like see – like can we walk by the Oval Office? That would just like – I would just be so elated. And on the phone, they were like, well, maybe – maybe he'll come by and shake everybody's hands. But, you know, he's the president of America. So don't hold your breath. But I was like, whatever, that's close enough for me. So we go, we fly out. Um, Tyler Oakley was also there, flew, you know, 12 hours, landed at 8 a.m. We landed at the same time, went to our hotels, put on our Sunday best, you know, got dressed real nice and went to the White House. And we walked into the Roosevelt Room. Uh, which is an, inc- I was already shell like it's starstruck by the room itself. I mean, there are paintings from, you know, the 19th century, like just beautiful. I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's like being inside of a museum and a significant piece of our history and our f- future history, if that makes any sense. Future is the word, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so you walk in, you got the big giant oval table in the Roosevelt room, and I see that we all have an agenda, a glass of water, and a little name thing. And so I'm sitting in the center. I'm just kind of, you know, surveying, okay, all the YouTubers are on this side. And across from me is all the, um, you know, White House staff and the, you know, senior staff officers. And directly across from me is a chair that is slightly higher than every other chair, meaning the back of the chair is like two inches higher. There's a glass of water, an agenda, and no name tag. And I make this observation, I look, and the officer that I had been speaking with Um, or staff member that I've been speaking with the most, I look and I make eye contact with him and he just kind of like smiles and (laughs) looks down and I start to sweat. I'm like, oh no, oh no. Five minutes, 10 minutes in, we all do our introductions and then through the door walks President Barack Obama, cool as a cucumber, comes around, shakes our hands and sits down the distance from me to that guy eating pizza. And we proceed to have a 40 minute meeting about authentic engagement and how as non-corporate owned entities we can convey information coming directly from the source unbiased information that people can use on their own so it was it was fascinating i mean it was truly incredible i mean yeah so after that i was like i just like went to my hotel and like laid on the bed and stared at the <laughs> ceiling i was just shocked and i recorded a video which I'll, i don't think i'll ever post but i recorded a video to me that was like don't ever forget this happened and it's very private, but like it was kind of fun to come away from that experience and then make a video that was actually going to be private. Um, anyway, it was great. It was really wonderful.
2: Thank you for at least sharing that much with us. I mean, as as you heard, it was like crickets in here. We, we were all just listening, but who knew from a bottle of red wine and a, a grilled cheese that you'd someday be able to meet Who'd, the president?
3: Yeah, who knows what random acts of compassion towards a friend... We'll take you to. (laughs) I mean, my sister, if she hadn't bought me that laptop, and if I hadn't watched her cat, and if Hannah hadn't reached out because she was feeling bummed, that's my other friend, none of this would have happened.
2: YouTube.com backslash Harto. Yes. My Drunk Kitchen. The cookbook is out. Another cheers. A real one this time. Cheers. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you so much.
3: Oh, to turned <laughs> do, 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 do. I didn't
2: know it was going to turn into that kind of party. <laughs> but on that note, you've been listening to The Food Scene on org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Big thank you to McNer's for sponsoring. Only appropriate that
1: whiskey sponsor, Michael oh, Kitchen.
3: Oh, damn right. Yeah.
1: Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on org.